Well, we say good evening. It's Thursday night. It's the fourth night of a week of prayer. The snow is still on the ground, uh, but you are here, and I am encouraged. Tonight is all about the Holy Spirit of God. As we come to the short message later, um, we'll sing together 166. We'll spread the tidings round wherever man is found, wherever human hearts and human woes abound, that every Christian tongue proclaim the joyful sound, the Comforter has come.
good to know in the midst of all the snow, and this was this morning just outside the church, that the Comforter has come, the Holy Ghost from heaven, the Father's promise given. Let's pray, pray together. Let's seek the Lord. Our gracious God, it is with a sense of tremendous joy that we're able to sing these words. We think of the promise that the Lord Jesus Christ gave when he sat with his disciples at the table the night before the cross. And he promised them that the Comforter would come, that he would send another of the same kind, one who would come into this world to reprove the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Lord Jesus ascended to glory. We thank you for that wonderful day when gathered with the disciples he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight and Lord we know that several days later after the season of prayer the comforter did come came with great power and unction and sent those men out to preach the gospel and signs and wonders followed Lord we pray for the coming of the Holy Ghost He's in our hearts, we know that. We have the indwelling spirit. But Lord, we pray for his coming in manifest power. We know that he was in the world before Pentecost. He was in the hearts of believers before that time. And he was working with them and through them. But then the mighty power of God was given. And that's what we need and that's what we desire. And we pray that that will work in us in these days. And set the church of Jesus Christ on fire. And send us out like a mighty blaze to burn for God. Oh Lord, we pray that you will come even tonight to this prayer meeting. That we might pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible speaks about that. Oh, may our prayers not be cold. May they not be merely repetitive. May they not, Lord, be just some old rhyme that we bring to God. But may there be real prayer tonight from the depths of our souls. We pray that the Spirit will come and lay hold upon us and lead us forth in believing prayer tonight. And may we see changes, changes in our lives, changes in the church, changes in every department of God's work here, changes in this town where we live and round about in the country areas too. Oh, send the Holy Spirit. He came in 1859 to County Antrim. Lord, may he come again. And manifest himself among us. So dwell with us now and do us good. In Jesus name. Amen. We take the opportunity to welcome you. To the Thursday night of the week of prayer. And we trust that you will be blessed as a result. And we, we have those listening in online. And we said to our congregation this morning. We sent out a wee message if anybody needed help. If anybody need groceries, if anybody needed their driveway or their pathway cleared, uh, because there were a few that needed it last year, just let us know. There wasn't one person took it up, you know. But I heard of two people tonight. One was going to ask for two steaks to be delivered, and the other was looking for a Chinese at 7 o'clock. But uh, that text never got its way to me. Um, just maybe to explain, that's not the kind of thing we were talking about. But if you really, 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 really need it, then we'll see what we can do. One more night of our Bible prayer week, and that's tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. 
The new prayer list is being formulated, and this is the last night to write in the name. So just remember that before you leave. Saturday is the open air at 11 in the centre of the town. Saturday is the training day for young people in Lisburn, and all the meetings are as usual on the Sabbath day. Just also to let you know, Noring has reached Uganda safely, and she thanks you for remembering her in prayer. 168 is our next hymn, Send the Fire. Thy Christ of burning cleansing flame, send the fire. Thy blood-bought gift today we claim, send the fire. Look down and see this waiting host. Give us the promised Holy Ghost. We want another Pentecost. Send the fire.
scripture reading tonight is from Acts chapter 2, the opening 16 verses particularly, and then we want to think about the closing verses also. Each night we've been taking a thought, and we're coming to the thought tonight of the manifestation of the Spirit. What better chapter to turn to than Acts chapter 2? This is the midweek, the normal midweek service, so meeting will be a little bit longer tonight than usual, but not maybe as long as Thursday night would normally be. You've been coming out each night. You've come in the snow. We want you to get home safely. The message will be slightly longer tonight too, but uh, do bear with us, for the Lord has things to say to us. Let's begin. Acts chapter 2, verse (coughs) 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven, Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in parts of Libya, about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. <coughs> and they were all amazed, and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, (coughs) lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and then comes the sermon that he preached. Go down to verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. And fear came upon every soul, 
And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved, or such as were being saved. You know the theme this week is the question that I've been asking, what do you want to see in God's work this year? And these are the five things that uh, we have mentioned to you. Taking one a night, the proclamation of the Savior, the regeneration of sinners, the rejuvenation of saints. And that was the thought last night. We need revival. And we need revival right here in the church. We climbed the summit of Mount Carmel last night. And we viewed the contest between the prophets of Baal and God's prophet Elijah. When the fire of God fell from heaven and consumed the burnt sacrifice upon which the twelve barrels of water had been poured, the people are brought to recognize who the true God was. They fell on their faces, we are told, and they declared, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Now this was undoubtedly a move of the Spirit in renewal, and revival in the ancient days of Elijah the prophet. So following on from that, I want, to, I want to ponder this evening the manifestation of the Spirit. <clears throat> Old General Booth, and we were singing his hymn tonight, you maybe knew that he was the author of it. He said in the words of the hymn, "'Tis far we want, for far we plead, send the fire." The fire will meet our every need, send the fire. For strength to ever do the right, for grace to conquer in the fight, for power to walk the world in white, send the fire. And my message tonight follows on from last night's message. I want to emphasize again the need of the Holy Spirit in our day. We need a manifestation of the Spirit. And I cannot find a better place to turn to and make a few remarks to you this evening than the early chapters of the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Ghost through the Apostles, as someone said this book would be better named. I will center my thoughts on the opening two chapters of this book. Now, there's never been a greater day of the Holy Ghost than this one. There's never been a greater manifestation of the Spirit than on this day that we've read about. And so I want to pass on a few thoughts tonight with the prayer that your heart and your soul will be challenged and that you will have a desire kindled within for another demonstration of the Spirit of God. Very quickly notice the promise of the Spirit. <clears throat> Jesus spoke about the promised Holy Ghost. I think most of you tonight, you will know that Luke wrote uh, the Acts of the Apostles. You will also know that the end of his gospel overlaps a little bit with the beginning 
of the Acts of the Apostles. So just for a moment, turn back to Luke 24 and verse 49, where the Lord Jesus Christ, on this last meeting that he has with the disciples, he says to them in verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And then you come to the opening chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, overlapping with the end of Luke's Gospel. And we notice in verse 5 that Jesus says, John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And Mark also, verse 8, this lovely verse, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This is the promise of God. This is the promise of Christ. When the Spirit fell in the upper room where prayer was offered, and Peter went out into the streets of Jerusalem with the others, you remember what he declared in Acts chapter 2. We ended a reading at verse 16, so look at verse 16 again. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel all those centuries ago. The prophet had given this promise of the Holy Ghost that would come and so come as he did come on the day of Pentecost. This is what Joel said. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then you want to think about what was said those centuries ago in Joel chapter 2 and particularly verse 28 to 32. The promised Holy Ghost. That's what's happening here. God had promised it from ancient days. But notice secondly the prayer for the Spirit. And let me take you to the prayer meeting. Let me show you again tonight the power of prayer. And so we're in Acts chapter 1 verse 13. When they were come in, they went up into an upper room where are both Peter and James and John, Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotus and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brother. You see them coming together now to the prayer meeting in this upper room. 120 of them all together, the leadership of the church there, the, the apostles, the mother of Christ there, other women gathered, 120 all together, and they come together to pray. Why did they go to the upper room? Simply because Jesus commanded them to do so. Look at verse 4 again, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise 
which saith he, ye have heard of me. And so they were told to go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait in prayer. And of course that overlaps with Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. Where Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. So we have these two words that indicate that they were meeting together for prayer. They are waiting. They are tarrying. And they're doing that in obedience to Christ. And look at the obedience of these men. Verse 12 of Acts 1. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, where the Lord Jesus has just ascended to glory, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, there they go to the upper room, and they go there to pray. I wish I could... In fact, we could all hear in our hearts tonight the Lord saying, wait, tarry, go there, get together in prayer, wait for the Spirit, tarry for the Spirit. We know that this is the right thing to do. We know the importance of the prayer meeting of the church. And we emphasize the importance of the prayer meeting. The Free Church has always been a strong advocate of the prayer meeting, and we call our people to prayer. We have our weekly prayer meeting on a Thursday night. We have the early season of prayer on the Sabbath morning. We pray before the evening service, the gospel meeting. These are all regular times weekly that we have before God. We have this week of prayer at the start of every year. We believe that that should be done. And then we have prayer meetings that are mission times and other special seasons that are arranged and they are set aside. Why? Why do we come together unitedly to pray? Because God moves in answer to prayer. It's the means that he has given. Indeed, the Holy Spirit is given as we come to pray. Remember what the Lord Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 13? If ye then being evil... Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that do what? That ask. That ask. Brethren and sisters, that is prayer. This happened on the day of Pentecost. And so we read in the opening verses of chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord, in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. They're gathered together in prayer. The Holy Spirit comes. It happened again. In chapter 4 and verse 31, a prayer meeting is taking place again, and in answer to the prayers of God's people, we read in verse 31, when they had prayed, The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. I was also very interested to read the case of Peter and and what happened at Caesarea. If you turn a few pages over to Acts chapter 10 and Mark verse 9, we are told here on the morrow as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city. Peter 
went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. You will know that these men come to Peter. Peter leaves them, goes away with them, comes to Caesarea. His prayers lead to two things. First of all, the conversion of Cornelius. And then look what happened in verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. So Peter is up there praying. In answer to his prayer, there's the conversion of this man, Cornelius, and then there is the falling of the Spirit of God to the whole congregation that had gathered at that time. The prayer meeting of the church is so important. It is, as we've often called it, the powerhouse. It's the driving force of the church. It's where real business is done. Not the session meeting, not the committee meeting, and those meetings are important and they are business meetings, but the real business is done in the prayer meeting of the church. That's where the strength of the church is. I was reading yesterday a comment, the prayer life of a church is the true life of a church. Programs, ministries, services, activities, all are useless unless they are supported by prayer and anointed by the Spirit. The great evangelist R.A. Torrey said, we are too busy to pray, and so we are too busy to have power. We have a great deal of activity, but we accomplish little. Many services, but few conversions. Much machinery, but few results. John Newton, he said, I look upon the prayer meetings as the most profitable exercises, accepting the public preaching, in which Christians can engage. They have a direct tendency to kill a worldly trifling spirit and to draw down a divine blessing upon all our concerns, compose differences, and enkindle, at least maintain, the flames of divine love amongst brethren. And the great C.H. Spurgeon said, we shall never see much change for the better in our churches in general till the prayer meeting occupies a higher place in the esteem of Christians. He went on to say, oh yes, the prayer meeting is the place to meet with the Holy Ghost, and this is the way to get his mighty power. If we would have him, we must meet in greater numbers. We must pray with greater fervency. We must watch with greater earnestness and believe with firmer steadfastness. The prayer meeting is the appointed place for the reception of power. My dear brethren and sisters tonight, Never look at the prayer meeting as something of little importance, as a kind of a take-it-or-leave-it attitude. There are some Christians, and, and it seems that they could go through a whole year without attending one single prayer meeting. Now, that I can't understand. 
And consequently, they have no power, no power with God and certainly no power with men. They never accomplish anything for God. Why? Because the Spirit comes in answer to prayer. So learn from Pentecost. Learn from these disciples, these leaders, these women, these ordinary people who went up into the upper room to pray. The prayer for the Spirit. And then we have the pouring out of the Spirit. We go back to the opening two verses of chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. You know, the Spirit of God came where they waited, where they tarried, They were obedient to the command of Christ. He came where the disciples were with one accord. It's so important. Sometimes people wonder why prayer is not being answered and they are at enmity with some brother or sister in Christ and there's matters to put right and they refuse to put it right. But here are men together, imperfect men, but they have one accord now. They're together in mind, they're together in heart and that's where the Spirit comes. And the Spirit of God came where they were gathered together publicly in one place. It is the public prayer meeting. It's not isolating yourself away. Some people say, well, I can pray at home. I can meet with God at home. I can do my business with God at home. But please notice, this is the public gathering. These disciples, these women, this this church, 120 of them, all come together into one place. And the Spirit of God came suddenly. So often that is the operation of the Spirit. Intervening, visiting, coming upon his church without notice in a sudden way. And he came unmistakably. There was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And he came bountifully because it filled all the house where they were sitting. And it came widespreadly for they were all, without exception, all filled with the Holy Ghost. And he came purposefully. They began to speak with other tongues. And you will know that the word here is languages. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Therefore, always keep in mind what the Scripture teaches. These men back then were able, because there were many people gathered together in Jerusalem at this time from different parts with different languages The Spirit of God gave them power on this occasion to speak in other languages, and it was as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And it was for the preaching of the gospel. Never forget what Jesus promised in verse 8 of chapter 1, ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. When the Spirit of God comes upon an individual, it is to give him power to be a witness in the case of these men, to preach the gospel. Don't you want power to be a witness for the Lord, to share the gospel, to preach the gospel, to be effective in your testimony, to see signs following, to win the lost to Christ? Well, it's the power of the Spirit that you need. We need the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, coming into our prayer meetings, filling the hearts and the lives of God's redeemed children, And if there was no other reason to attend prayer meetings, 
Here's a vital one. The tarry until you be endued with power from on high to wait for the promise of the Father. May God lead us to this place of blessing and make us like these disciples as they gather in prayer, eager, united, fervent, expecting the Spirit to come. And holy men, all oh, the pouring out of the Spirit, he came in a mighty way. And then just notice fourthly the preaching in the Spirit. You see Peter lifting up his voice and preaching, preaching Christ in the wonderful sermon that is recorded here in Acts chapter 2. Fifty-three days previously, he was denying the Lord at the palace of Caiaphas. Denying him with oaths and cursings. He was fearful. He was ashamed. He was cowardly. But something happened that changed him. He's now bold and courageous. He's forthright and unashamed. Yes, even in those resurrection days, the disciples had hidden themselves away behind closed doors, the Bible tells us, for fear of the Jews. But Jesus said, ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And that is what made the difference. A spirit-filled man is brave and courageous. Peter is unflinching in his declaration of Christ. Indeed, as he preaches, he boldly proclaims to his audience in verse 23 of chapter 2, him being delivered, speaking of Christ, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. It was all in the great purpose of the Almighty. The determinate knowledge of God, sending Christ into the world. That is so. But Peter looks his audience in the eye and he says, You took him and you crucified him. You put him upon the cross. Now Peter wouldn't have done that a few days previously. But now he's bold and courageous because he's filled with the Spirit of God. Oh, we need Holy Ghost preaching. Will you pray for your pastor? Not just tonight, but all the year through that God will give me power to preach Christ, the power of the Spirit. And every Christian needs the power of the Spirit to be a witness wherever you are, in your workplace, in your community, in your neighborhood, with your friends, with your family. May it be so. And just one final little thought, and that's the product of the Spirit. And what was the product? What was the outcome? Conversions. Multiple conversions indeed. Verse 41 of chapter 2. They that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And you go on to read about the others in chapter 4 verse 4. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. Oh, we long in our hearts for conversions. We want to see others saved by the grace of God, brought to a knowledge of Christ. Well, my friends, the Spirit has not changed. This same Spirit 
who has been from eternity is still the same spirit today. The spirit that came down at Pentecost and endued these men with power, giving them holy boldness to be a witness, to preach the gospel. He's still the same Holy Spirit and he's still able to do all things and to work with power and to save the souls of men, no matter who they are. So may we also, as we think about the manifestation of the Spirit, pray for this outcome, this wonderful product, conversions, that souls, many of them, will be saved by God's grace. The hymn 188, Thy Holy Spirit, Lord alone, can turn our hearts from sin. His power alone can sanctify and keep us pure within. O Spirit of faith and love, come in our midst, we pray. And purify each waiting heart, baptize us with power today. be seated. Remember those that we've been praying for that need a special touch from the Lord. And just at this moment we are saying goodnight to any of you that might be joining us on the internet. We have been privileged to have you. We trust that you'll be blessed now as you leave us and that you'll go and have a wee time of prayer and seek the Lord while the church here is praying. So good night. Sober.